Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thank you for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham, and we have a lot to talk about on this show because Portland's biggest festival is back. On the show this time, I'd like to welcome Jeff Curtis. Jeff is the CEO of the Portland Rose Festival Foundation. Hey there, Jeff. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So the big news we want to talk about today is Rose Festival is back. It's back. You know, we get asked a lot of questions. Being around 115 years, always the questions are, what's new at this year's festival? This year's festival, what's new is the fact that it's back. You know, <laughs> we, we're bringing back... Everything so makes this community really relish and cherish Rose Festival. All the big events are back in full full bloom this year. That's so awesome. The city is super excited about it. Absolutely. I mean, this has been two and two three full years, two years of the pandemic where very little activity took place during Rose Festival season. May in Portland is about the roses blooming, yeah. the festival back, the parades on the street, kind of that kickoff to summer. And that's what we've missed the last couple of years. Um, and Rose Festival gets that back. And really important this year, helps kind of revitalize this great city of roses. Portland needs kind of some fresh good news and, and that new polish on a great city. And that's what the festival is going to do. We're ready for it. More, we're more than ready for it. More than ready for it, you bet. <laughs> so, did, Jeff, did much happen over the last couple of years as far as Rose Festival events went? Yeah, you know, the festival happened. We like we ne- Rose Festival was never canceled, but uh, certainly the large outdoor, large gathering, the parades, waterfront activities, city fair, those, those did not take place. But we had our Queen's Coronation, so we crowned the Queen the last two years. We had vir- a lot of virtual content that made up a festival feel, only just yeah. not the big, big events. Doesn't it seem like uh, we've been in a pandemic for a long time and it's like, you think back to when the last Rose Fest happened that was like outside with parades and stuff, it seems like 150 years ago. It sure feels that <laughs> way. You know, I can never forget March of 2020 when we, I sat at the, I stood at the, at the water, down at the waterfront and said the Rose Festival was not going to take place. It was technically postponed at first. We all thought it was just going to be this yeah, little brief thing and that. then. Two full festivals later, we, we didn't have it. And so it's been three years since the last one in, in 2019. So uh, it's it's exciting to see it back for yeah. sure. So what can we expect this year for Rose Festival? I know that's a big question because it's, it's a month-long celebration, but what are some of the highlights? You know, there is so much to think about and to really look forward to with this year's Rose Festival. First of all, festival is going to open uh, with a public free concert with the Oregon Symphony 
on Thursday, May 26th. So it's our chance to re-welcome back a community to Waterfront Park. So we're going to do an outdoor concert, weather permitting, uh, with the Oregon Symphony at Waterfront Park. And it's a free concert. Just come down and watch and listen to this great show. You know, part of Rose Festival, people don't think about it, is our commitment to arts and culture. And music is part of that very much. So so that's that's how it gets started. And then the, the engine really gets roaring the next day with the fireworks, the biggest, baddest fireworks show we've ever put in the air. I wow. can say that because I have 25 years of Rose Festival experience on staff, but it is a significant welcome back, we're back statement and good for Portland. And we're going to light up the waterfront on opening day for our fireworks show. Uh, biggest and baddest fireworks display. I like that. Thank you. Well, <laughs> we got it. We got it. That coin was phrased by a colleague who was doing this, talking about the return of the Rose Festival. And they're just so excited about it that we sort of coined it as that. And it's something that I, I think you will have to see. To believe the scope of the show, two barges on the waterfront, shooting aerial displays up in the air, about 20, 25-minute show, all part of the opening of City Fair, which will be, the, as we know, the core of a Rose Festival has been uh, for decades down at Waterfront Park. So three full weekends of great activity down there. And when does it all kick off for kick City off Fair? On May 26th will be the opening symphony concert and then the opening of City Fair and the opening of the Rose Festival the following day, Friday, May 26th, 5 p.m. We'll cut cut the ribbon on it and uh, we'll be off for three full weeks of Rose Festival activities down at City Fair and, of course, events throughout the city for the next three weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of events for Rose Festival, so get ready for it because it's all back. We're talking with Jeff Curtis, CEO of the Portland Rose Festival Foundation. Now, there's going to be a few changes uh, coming up this year for Rose Festival, um, particularly with the parades, the Grand Floral Parade and the Starlight Parade. Talk about that. Yeah, very notable changes. Um, and, And both those large parades will see changes in their parade routes. Starlight, first of all, staying in the downtown core, but it used to start up at 10th and Burnside, make its way down and, and kind of zigzag through downtown. We have changed the formation start area to, to NATO Parkway. And it will continue to snake through downtown, about two and a half mile route. But that's a significant change just from pub, the public standpoint going down Burnside. It's not there anymore. That's one change, Starlight Parade. But, but what we all know about Starlight Parade, we love it in the downtown core. And that's still happening uh, full scale uh, on Saturday night, June 4th. The second parade, the Spirit Mountain Casino Grand Floral Parade, changes its route as well. Uh, and that got a, quite a bit of public attention because most significantly is that route, st- which starts on Memorial Coliseum. People can watch a parade indoors, which is very unique, uh, and watch the parade go out down out the Coliseum doors, turn right on Widler and right on MLK. The difference is it's not going to go down to Burnside and make its way across the Burnside Bridge and, the, and then snake through the downtown core. Um, it's going to stay on the central east side, make its way through, down Lloyd Boulevard and end up in the Lloyd Center area. So it's a two, little over two-mile route, um, condensed a bit, and only on the east side. How come those changes were made? Great question. Sig- most significant reason for those changes is, has to do with resources. Uh, Rose Festival has always had the responsibility of ensuring uh, hundreds of thousands of people, spectators, stay safe. And we think about closing 
4.2 miles, which was the ground flow route. That's a lot of streets, freeways, closures. Uh, it's, it's hundreds of actual closures that have to take place. Uh, and there's just not enough resources, both in volunteer, Roosevelt resources, as well as the city, which provides police resources as well. So we made a joint decision in partnership with the city. Let's, we can still have a world-class parade, great content, shorten the route. So once we decided to shorten the route, it became what, where, where is its best located. And we really like the idea of a festival that uses different parts of Portland and not just one core downtown sector. So Starlight stays in downtown. Grand Flow gets on the east side. And then beyond that, there's a lot of events that aren't, uh, are out in the city as well. Junior Parade is in the Hollywood District. And Coronation is up at Peninsula Park in North Portland. Just to give you a couple examples. Yeah. With the parade route, especially the Grand Floral Parade being uh, about half the size, mm-hmm. half the length of the route, is there going to be enough room for the crowds? There's there's a lot of crowds that love to hang out and watch the Grand Floral Parade. Absolutely. You think about two miles, both sides of the street, uh, four miles. There's, there was parts of that route where it got a little thin in certain spots. Two miles, it's perfectly adequate for a great parade. So, yeah, we feel pretty good. We would love to see uh, crowded streets because that yeah. means Rose Festival is back in a big way, and we, we hope that it will happen. And, and at the same time, it's also broadcast on TV, and ju- which is something we, we like because we like to have uh, Rose Festival events on air as well. Our friends at Fox 12 Oregon put both Starlight and Grand Floral on TV, but two miles of parade route is great. Lot, especially Lloyd Boulevard. That's brand new territory for people to watch a parade route. So, uh, and it should be fantastic. I would assume that the uh, floats are well underway. The building of the floats. Great assumption. You know, those take a lot of time <laughs> and preparation, and they are they are well underway. And we're just less than a month away from those floats uh, making their way down the streets. So, um, yeah, for sure, we're looking at twenty four floral units some are mini floats some of the large floats a compilation of fantastic floral content because it's the grand floral parade um and what the public has grown to see they'll see some spectacular floats and then they'll see some amazing marching bands and just a lot of character and stories in each parade but grand floral in particular yeah is there a theme for this year's rose festival Appropriately so, this year's theme is called Rose City Reunion. Oh, there you go. And it it says it what it is. It's just that opportunity for people to reunite. The word reunion matters, and it's a reunion of people on the streets for the parade route. It's a reunion of people who want to go down to City Fair, friends, neighbors, meet new friends. It is our great time to reunite with everyone in our community. We're talking with Jeff Curtis, CEO of the Portland Rose Festival Foundation. Now talk about some of the traditional things that happen every Rose Fest and are those traditional things all the way back, like the uh, Rose Festival Court, things like that. Yeah, the the court is is part of that tradition that when the festival leaders decades ago thought about a comprehensive festival that united a city, the court was was a very smart idea because selecting young women from our high schools, not just any young women. These are amazing and accomplished young women, and that's true to this year's court. So 15 young women have been have been selected, scholarship recipients from the Randall Group, who are going to represent their schools, their community, and the Rose Festival throughout the month of May and early part of June. So we're, we're, we think that's a big part of our festival. They're out and about in the community, and, and especially as you're able to go out in public more with COVID, People really embrace uh, the court, so that's a bit. That's part of the tradition that will take place. We will continue to crown a queen this year. On f- the difference being is, is the past little over the last twelve years, the queen is the queen has been crowned inside Memorial Coliseum just prior to the Grand Floor Parade. So right. we didn't know who our queen was until literally the parade started. This year, it will go back a day Friday, 
Friday, the, corn, the coronation takes place up at Peninsula Park. Beautiful rose garden, mm-hmm. for a partnership with the Royal Rosarians, and the the, the 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 pomp and circumstance of that of that particular uh, setting is going to be magnificent. So we'll crown our queen on Friday, June tenth, and then the queen will ride with the court on the following day. She'll have a whole night of anticipation. She won't get an, uh, a bit of sleep. <laughs> That's correct. Before prior, it was like she was selected and then she was whisked off and get on the float and it's go time. So this will have Friday night to enjoy and, and as well as the court can celebrate together as a court uh, and, and accomplishments. So I think that that is a good segue for, for me to talk about the, the following day in the Grand Fall Parade because what is very unique, talk about traditions that has been embraced by Portland and to this day still matters is that idea of court and this mythical realm of Rosaria and the selection of princesses and this year's court, this year's Grand Fall Parade has a really a special section and we're dedicating an entire section of the parade to royalty. There'll be more princesses and queens in this year's parade than there's ever been. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is we are highlighting, and it's an anniversary year, Gary, with of uh, the actual crown. The actual crown that the queen wears, which is just briefly wears, she only wears it for just that coronation, and then it's locked up. It's extremely oh, wow. okay. that it's the anniversary, hundredth anniversary of that crown. It was first wow. put on a rose festival queen in nineteen twenty-two. Wow, that's something. Yeah, so we are gonna that we're gonna honor that crown, that celebration of that crown. We are also the last two courts, two thousand twenty and two thousand twenty-one, didn't get a parade to ride in. So we got floats for the past two courts nice. in addition to the current court. So three full courts. We're honoring the 50th anniversary of the 1972 court. So there's so many stories within each of those young women and their families and their connections that connects greater Portland to what it's so special about it, which is the people of our community. So seeing the parade and, and all those accomplished young women, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to resonate with our community for sure. And what about Fleet Week? Everybody wants to know about Fleet Week. Fleet Week again is back. <laughs> it's and all back. Everything's back. Everything's back. Uh, you know, it's that's one of those elements that makes the Rose Festival quite special. A lot of great cities have amazing festivals, and there usually there's some components about those festivals. Usually, it's you know tents and concerts and activities. But Fleet Week makes Rose Festival that much different. The fact that the Navy and the Canadian uh, Maritime Forces and the Coast Guard put resources, ships, and bring them up river when Portland is not an actually seaworthy sea town. It's a, it's a port town, of course, but it's 65 miles from the Pacific Ocean right. by, by nautical uh, uh, riverway. Um, they bring these ships in town, and we're going to have Fleet Week back. We have seven ships represented from the United States Navy, Coast Guard, Maritime Fort, uh, and the Canadian Maritime Forces that will be able parked for Fleet Week uh, June uh, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, really excited about Fleet Week back and seeing the sailors back in town. Yeah, that's always fun because not very often in your life do you get to see these big ships. Correct. And they're in your front yard. They're right for, here. <laughs> for a weekend. They're right here and, and ship tours are available as well. So that's that's part of the information. I can, can I would love to see people just look at our website and kind of look at what's happening and kind of make their choices. But the fact that Fleet Week's back, City Fair is up and running three full weekends. The parades. This whole entire festival has so much to offer in, the, in, in a welcoming way. We are definitely ready for it. Yeah, you know, I, I like to talk about that. Is that you know, we really Rose Festival's got is more important than ever right mm-hmm. now. Um, and with everything that's happened in our community, 
this is that time of year where people can just really rally together as a sense of community and everybody's ready for it. Um, we're ready to produce it and ready to get uh, our events back. And, and I'm really excited about how it's broader purpose of serving the community, but also really helping the Portland kind of rejuvenate itself and specifically the downtown core. See people back on the streets and yeah. the sidewalks, walking into bars and restaurants. That's going to happen during Rose Festival in a big way and Portland welcomes it. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since we had a true Rose Festival celebration. And could you maybe remind us of some of the history of, of Rose Festival since it has been a little while? Yeah, you know, Rose Festival hasn't hasn't been back. It's had three. It's been 2019 since our last full festival. But it, there's nothing like it uh, on, on the West Coast. It's one of the most unique festivals in the country. The fact that it has so many activities and its history. Uh, it started uh, in 1907. It was coming two years off this Lewis and Clark celebration that celebrated in 1905. Such a big hit. People came from all over the world to Portland to celebrate that. Portland leaders said, you know, this we should do this every year. Let's have a carnival. This this European Carnival of Roses theme in 1907, uh, and and it also had a greater purpose of kind of putting Portland on the map, driving economic activity, and celebrating the flower that we all know to appreciate the rose. So therefore, the Rose Festival was born in 1907, and has never looked back. It has continued to be a cherished tradition in our community. And it's obviously a really great time to go check out the roses too. We talked. You were talking a little bit about Peninsula Park not too long ago and that was the original rose garden wasn't it yeah it was and you know of course the washington park test garden up in washington park is one of the world-class places for test for test rose it's a test garden and if you walk in you don't even need to know the purpose of a test garden you just see amazing amazing um selection of roses and the quality and quantity of them so there's a lot lot peninsula park but and there's rose gardens little ones all over town so it's it's just what makes this portland that much special and this flower that we appreciate and never never take for granted is something that we really it's a symbol of this festival even though there's so much to from an entertainment standpoint let's not forget it also has this great symbol and we are the rose city so it's appropriate yeah we're not the rose city for nothing that's correct <laughs> talk a little bit about the economic impact of the rose festival what kind of economic impact does it have i mean it, it brings in a lot of people yeah, that's what I was talking about as it relates to when the festival first created, it had a purpose of bringing people to town. It brought tourists to town, and people saw that benefit. And this is way back in 1907. One thing that is still true today is the economic impact is significant, upwards of over $50 million. Uh, and that's dating back to prior festivals. We haven't had one in three years. But we'll, but if you think about $50 million, that's people in hotels, that's people in restaurants, that's tourism. And that's, and that's the community supporting, uh, going out and supporting Rose Festival activities as well. So that's a tremendous upside for the larger picture of purpose, which purpose of celebration, purpose of community building, of course, but also this economic impact uh, definitely matters for sure. We could definitely use a little bright, shiny light on Portland. You know, make us show how awesome it is here. It is, and it's an awesome city, and that's the thing. Rose Festival is a symbol of that, and it has an international following, Gary. Um, There are colleagues from across the globe that contact Rose Festival and follow our lead, look for what's happening. We have tourist groups come to Portland every May and June for Rose Festival, and and it's such a catalyst for our state. These tourists come to town. They go off to the coast. They may go up to the Mount Hood. Rose Festival is kind of that destination, but as we know, it's so much as we live and work here, there's so much towards the Portland metro region that is just a part of what a great place to visit that Rose Festival provides that as well. Core event, but lots of things to do outside of Rose Festival activities. 
The weather has been a little rough this spring, but when Rose Festival starts, it usually turns and it gets. That's the beginning of the nice weather here in Portland. Can you guarantee that for us? I this year? wish I could <laughs> guarantee that. You know, weather is always that. There's there's things we talk about is when we produce special events. Um, it's one of those unique unique prevent professionals where you don't have a lot of control over a lot of things. We don't we don't we don't own these venues. They're public streets. We don't own the parks. We permit those, and weather is. A quotient. We just can't control the weather. So what we can do is just really work hard on producing a quality rose festival, a safe rose festival, uh, and just roll up our sleeves and hope for the best. And, and frankly, that's one of the reasons we have a three-week festival because the reality of it is it's not going to be a rainy three weeks. Yeah. We might have a rainy day here, a rainy day there, but the, co- the complexity and the duration of it actually insulates Rose Festival from a business standpoint because Rose Festival is a non-for-profit that has to make this work financially in order to succeed, and that's why it succeeded for 115 years. It has to have success, and rain sometimes diminishes the crowd, but we, at the end of the day, spread the festival out for multiple weekends that helps with that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because you're the CEO of the Portland Rose Festival Foundation, which is the non-profit that uh, produces the Rose Festival. So how do you, how does a non-profit do that? Great question. We, we, it's, it's, I'll just give it in the simplest form. It's like Groundhog Day in the context of our foundation goes out and raises money every year, mainly from corporate sponsors and donors, and then rely on the, 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 the tendence of people to buy carnival rides and corn dogs, and that basically funds the entire year. A festival, and, and and as a nonprofit, we we look for a small surplus and reinvest that into next year's festival, and just keep doing that over and over again. So, we really look to carry carry the load. It requires about seven million dollars in today's modern festival, mm-hmm. and that includes trade, in kind commitments from media partners and other elements. But over, it's a seven million dollar overall production, and we have to raise that go out and raise that support in like a select corporate sponsors private donations attendees attending our events buying tickets and turn around and do that each and every year and hopefully there's just enough left and that's our success is doing it really well being really smart with our resources so there's always an investment in the next year's festival to keep this thing going besides buying corn dogs and and roller coaster tickets maybe not roller coaster but the ferris wheel tickets how can people help out and is there a way to individually help out the rose festival absolutely they can make a 100 percent charitable donation to the rose festival foundation that's a big piece of it then go to our website click big button that says donate here and that those donations matter to us every dollar matters in our effort to produce this festival especially our legacy of keeping it going for future years and it was i should add that during this pandemic when we didn't have these events we weren't selling carnival ride tickets we weren't selling parade tickets we had to make it work and our foundation with a dedicated core staff uh really really hunkered down and preserved the festival so we can have the celebration we're talking about now but also have the resources into the future so but today's needs still donate 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 or and this is just as almost as important if not more important volunteerism mm. we need volunteers we need volunteers you can go to our website and you can pick a variety of, of, of volunteer roles we'll be decorating the floats or monitoring access on the parade routes um, volunteers are a key part of rose festival that are always needed and more needed than ever this year 
Also, I see a button on the website that says tickets, so you can buy tickets in advance. You absolutely can. You can buy tickets. You can buy your admission tickets for City Fair. Um, you can buy parade tickets. You want to sit inside. So talk about that rain question. Hey, you just you just buy indoor seats and not worry about it. Yeah. So um, those are all available in advance and all supporting the greater cause of the Portland Rose Festival Foundation. Can we talk a little bit about how the Rose Festival is adhering to some COVID protocols? Yeah, that's a moving target specifically. And that's frankly, we go back, that's the reason we didn't have large right. events um, was very, very strong. Very clear restrictions on gatherings, for sure. Government mandates, masks, and vaccination requirements. So where we're at right now is that uh, we work with Multnomah County. We have a public health advisory council that meets on a regular basis, advising us on what's the latest activity with COVID-19. And so so now that we're this close to the festival, we are actively monitoring um, public health. And the reality of it is most of our events, if not all of them, from a public standpoint, are outdoors, and the risk is still remains really low mm-hmm. uh, for our large outdoor events. So um, we recommend masks, especially in large, tight spaces, um, but not required. And we certainly recommend uh, the general public be vaccinated and con- being consistent with um, with overall CDC and health guidelines. Um, but we're not requiring our events. So just I think it boils down to, and we've heard this from the professionals and leading industries it's really this stage of covid right now is about taking good care of your, ourselves yeah and making good decisions and rose festival will have masks available for the public and and hand sanitizers but it's going to come down to our patrons just making good decisions we have about a minute left jeff and i want to just have you give me a list of what's happening and what dates everything's happening and talk about the highlights of rose festival this year yeah may 26 if you love the symphony that's going to get us started on thursday night down at water free concert fireworks the biggest baddest fireworks show on may 27th city fair opens at five o'clock the fireworks show 10 p.m on friday may 27th city fair opens saturday sunday monday memorial day weekend lots of great and i want to add Lots of local talent on our stages, really emphasizing local talent on stages of City Fair, carnival rides. Then the following weekend, we call it Starlight Weekend, June, June 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Great, act- great music down at the waterfront. Starlight Parade, June 4th. And we have a partnership with NASCAR, NASCAR Racing on, on, as part of Rose Festival cool. on, on Saturday, June 4th. Then we have our Junior Parade on June 8th, Fleet Week, June 9, 10, 11. And Grandfall Parade right there in the, towards the latter part of June 11th. Those are the highlights in a quick minute, but I can go on and on. <laughs> go to our website, rosefestival.org, to take a look at everything that's happening in Rose Festival. The Rose City Reunion is just about here. Rose Festival is back. This is going to be awesome. I cannot wait, and I can't wait to see everybody down at the festival. Thank you, Jeff. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Gary. We've been talking today with Jeff Curtis, CEO of the Portland Rose Festival Foundation. Thanks again. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.